All right, guys. Uh, Calibrated Power now presents our special guest of the week. We have Chris Buheider, who kicked ass at UCC. Chris, how the hell are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you guys? Doing good, man. Can't complain. <laughs> just trying to, I'm sure just like you guys, you guys had a, a longer drive than, than we did, but after a long le- weekend like we had, trying to get acclimated and back to yeah, normal, you know? on the results and then scroll down. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a, a UCC hangover for sure. I think everybody's still still dragging pretty good. Oh, yeah. Shops across the country. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, half of the competitors are just getting home today. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, a... Go ahead. We have a long track. I can't imagine, like, the guys from Canada and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, Chris, first of all, I want to say congrats because you really did go out there and put on a great show. Came in ninth overall uh, for the competition. Tell us just overall, man, how did this weekend feel for you? Um, I guess uh, we were happy with the things that we did, did well. Um, I felt like we... Um, I wouldn't say underperformed, but we we had a lot of broken parts, and I think it it made the results show worse than, than how we really performed. Uh, so we uh, we regret the broken parts, but it's mean, part of it. Name of the game, and your stuff breaks, and you're not winning. So. I guess for the listeners, you know, let, let's just dive right into it. Day one, okay, for the UCC, uh, you guys had drag racing. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, what time was drag racing originally supposed to start? Oh, man, I think the driver's meeting was supposed to be at 8, and uh, I think track was supposed to go hot at 9. Okay. And what time uh, <laughs> What time did the driver's meeting uh, actually start? You know, I think the driver's meeting was, was on time, but okay. I don't, you know, I can't remember what time we even got on the track. I don't know, was it like 2, 3 o'clock or something yeah. like that? It was it was a long morning at UCC, man, filled with rain. Uh, we had water. I know standing in our booth, standing in a lot of the spots in the expo, the track was soaked. All of a sudden, around noon, it started to kind of break free, and then I noticed them out there with the torches and uh, getting the, starting to prep the track around that like noon, 1 o'clock mark. And then, yeah, 2 o'clock, you guys started hitting the track. Uh, where were you in line? Because I, I had a hard time following. Were you guys still doing the heads-up racing? So... They, the way they started was basically qualifying. Um, they were single passes, and uh, half of the points were derived, you know, like how it's always been from uh, this is your your fastest pass. So that was it was for the points, and then it was also to set the ladder for the for the bracket. So um, I think we were able to make one. I think they ended up doing two sessions of qualifying. Um, we we made one hit. Uh, we went out. We didn't change a ton on the truck, uh, you know, last year. Uh, so we were we were fairly confident and know what we were going to do. And you know, we put a, a somewhat mild tune-up in it because the, the, the track was. We didn't know what kind of shape the track was going to be in after all that rain. And uh, you know, we went down the track and ran about what we thought it would run, and we were pretty content with it. So I think we were fourth. I think we ended up being the fourth qualifiers. So uh, we were pretty happy with where we were at. So um, for you know, going into elimination. For our listeners, what did you end up running at the track? I think we were five fifty nine. Wow. Which is cooking, man. Yeah, it's um, you know last year uh, we had a little bit more power in it, and I think we ran some forties, and uh, you know the, the weight that we're at, we're still 
still pretty heavy. I think we were 5,950 pounds. So we were we were content with that pass. You know, the, the power that, that that pass put down, we felt like we could keep the trans together, you know, at that power, at that weight. Um, you know, with the 40s, you know, it, it'll, it'll go 40s pretty easily, but we can't get the trans to last more than uh, a pass or two like that. So gotcha. uh, we dialed it back. We ran about what we thought we would run. We thought we were in a pretty good place going into eliminations. And then how'd it go when, once you guys were heads up, once you were in the bracket? Uh, walk us through that, man. How'd it go? The the track was definitely going away a little bit. Um, I think I had Ellerton first round, uh, Ford versus Ford. You know, we're, we're pretty good friends. He's a good dude. So, it was, you know, you, know you, you never want to draw a guy that you like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, but we... Uh, I think we cut a so-so light, and uh, pass was going decent, and they got probably about four, 450 feet out there and smoked the input shot. Oh. And um, we coasted, and we still got the win. And uh, rushed back to the pits, um, pulled the trans out, uh, threw our spare trans in it, and uh, got ready to go again. Uh, I think Wade, you know, which is obviously our – teammate you know um, the triple max truck yeah and uh, they're, they're ready to go we're about to pull up there and they came by and said you know that y'all have each other this round oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a yeah that was a bummer you know i mean obviously there's nothing you can do about it it's the way the bracket works you never want to race your teammate but you know you just hope to get later in the day before it happens but not the second round yeah no shit yeah, you know, he was running good. I think he went to the 70s. He was killing the tree, and uh, he ended up getting me in the second round. So we went out, I went out earlier in the drag racing than what I had, than what we hoped to. You know, I felt like we had a, I felt like we had a, a pretty good setup to go pretty deep. Um, I don't know if we could have won it, you know, against some of the trucks that are lighter and a little bit better set up for, for that, those kind of times than us, but. I felt like we could have made a really big run at it, but we ran fast enough to get a decent amount of points, so we weren't too pumped about it. Sure, sure. No, I mean, you guys did pretty good. I mean, that's one of the things is we saw consistently you guys go out and put on a good show at every event. Uh, that rolls us right into Saturday. What was the changes you looked at making from drag race to go to the dyno on Saturday? We didn't make a huge change. Um, I got a bit bigger set of injectors that uh, that makes more power so we threw those in uh, for the dyno and uh, we went from the single turbo we we bolted the atmosphere turbos back on uh, to put you know put it back to our triple kit we run the same manifold charger as a single or in the triple so we just bolted the two outer turbos on and threw in the bigger set of injectors and we were we were ready to go that's awesome. So I love how, you, how you're like, yeah, we just threw in a set of injectors yeah. and, and two bolted more on turbos, the tur- triple two kit. More. No big deal. Like It's like doing an oil change, right? <laughs> well, maybe for compared, you. <laughs> compared to uh, the rest of the stuff, uh, I guess it, it seems like a pretty easy task, I guess. Now, you guys came out. Uh, you laid down some big power on the dyno, 20, over 2,200 horse, over 2,700 foot-pounds of torque. I believe it put you in fifth overall. Uh, where were you at in the lineup? Like, were you at the beginning of the pack or the end of the day? Where, where'd you fall? So, I was, I think, me and Wade were 
one after each other. I think we were 13 and 14 or 17 and 18. Um, the numbers are different in the order, but we were more towards the back. I think we're probably the you know two thirds mark or so. Um, we were directly behind uh, the dirty hooker guys. Oh okay. no shit! Yeah. So we watched that the turbo explosion and the whole fireball, and it was pretty. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it was a little unnerving, you know. It was. Uh, we you know we. Everybody there has been on dinos, been around these trucks, and we know that stuff blows up, but I've never seen a turbo pop, and it was just like the, I guess you'd say perfect set of circumstances, but actually imperfect set of circumstances, and it just, it, you know, it was made a tragic fire, and it was, it was pretty, it was a little, little nerve-wracking watching that. Yeah, man, I can't imagine being lined uh, up and already having the nerves of being at UCC and getting ready to the, get on the yeah. dyno, and then to see that start going sideways. Yeah, how it did was, did it change it your game plan at all? Um, not really. I, I mean, you're you're pretty much there to blow your your stuff up on the dyno, or at least try. So <laughs> you're, I guess you're you're already acknowledging that that's going to happen. Um, you know, definitely double check the fire extinguisher and uh, <laughs> double check the, you know, make sure the door was off to get out of the truck easily. You know, it was, I guess it changed that. But, uh, sure. Yeah, was, How about fire we were, suit? I mean, I got to imagine when you're, when you're at the shop doing dyno runs, you don't generally have a fire suit on. <laughs> did you go and get one on or did you, were you already prepared on that end of it? So I, last year I was wearing shorts tennis shoes and t-shirts same thing I wear every day the same thing that I dyno stuff at here at the shop and uh, I got side by side ran back to the trailer and got the gloves the boots the pants I mean the helmet the whole nine so do you think with with what happened this year uh, with uh, Dirty Hooker's truck, do you think that's going to set some new safety uh, requirements going into next year for uh, UCC? I think it should yeah um I think we've been very lucky. Um, I mean, you know, there's been some fireballs, but you know, usually when somebody pops a turbo, it looks more person than it is because you have a huge big flame and then it dies. Right. But that his his didn't, and you know, we were scared because we weren't seeing him get out of the truck. Right. And you know, that was a you don't. I guess you don't realize how much smoke and how how quick it all happens. So um, I think there's some things that should to change. I mean, they, they did a good job of getting the fire put out, um, but I think just learning what we've learned and seeing what happened, you know, like a worst-case scenario, I think there's some things that could be changed to make it make them better prepared going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, man, uh, safety gets thrown out the window as soon as we get in the dirt because, you know, we're all just eight-year-olds at heart. Yeah. Uh, so sled pulling, not really your guys' thing down there in Texas. We don't see, we don't go to a lot of pulls uh, south in the south region. How this is what your second or third year sled pulling? This was my second year sled pulling. This was the third time I ever pulled a sled, and <laughs> last year was the first two. So uh, not not a whole lot more experience, um, you know, going into this year. Uh, it, I guess hearing uh, you know, like we're we're drag racers, so we can look at a track and tell you it's this or it's that, and set the truck up this this way or that way, run these tires. and The general consensus listening to the guys at sled pull that, you know, they know sled pulling were basically that this is going to suck and we don't, 
we don't know how it's not going to suck. So <laughs> really, well, great. <laughs> this is one too sure what the you know the there, and there was only so much they could do. I mean, there was so much rain. You know, it was nobody's fault. It was, it was you had a sled pull, you know, a bunch of dirt on top of a, a racetrack, a pavement paved racetrack, and it rained. I don't know how many inches, but a lot <laughs> over three days. Yeah, there's only so much to work with. Sure. How how did how did you leave the line? Uh, did you go balls out as soon as you start moving? Did you roll into it and try to get some momentum? I see we came in pr- pretty light on the number, so we didn't go very far, about 140-plus feet or so. Um, but, but yeah, how, how did you plan for that launch, or how did you design your launch? So I guess, to, I guess we can rewind it a little bit back to one event. So on the dyno, we made our first pull. It was pretty good, what we expected kind of got the nerves out but cool let's we'll go ahead and turn it into our big tune and we'll hit the rest of the nitrous and try to do the big number we can came up on the turbos sounded good broke another input shaft oh my god oh, shit <laughs> so fast forward back to the flood pool so this time it's you know after that happens to you twice you're thinking be as easy as you can on it because odds are it's probably you know something's gonna break you just get, you know, it's a confidence thing, really. Like, you got, it's like a basketball player. Once they hit a couple shots, they, you know, then they can't miss. Right. But the guy goes out there and throws a brick, then they're unsure of themselves, and it's brick after brick. So, um, left the line really, really easy. Um, watched a lot of guys blow the tires off. And, uh, you know, I don't, don't, don't really have a feel for sled pulling yet. You know, like drag racing, you, you get in enough situations, you can, you know, if you spin or whatever, you kind of get the feel for how much to pedal it, you know, to where you don't get back under the turbos or whatnot. Sled pulling is just a, a new thing, so I wasn't really sure. Kind of tried getting into it more, tried letting it out. And it, just, it, it seemed like, the, obviously, the more you get into it, the more it blows the tires off. And then I tried letting back out, and you would feel like you would you would think you would get, like, a momentum, like a, it would catch at some point. Yeah. Um, but it would never catch. It was almost like it started sinking feel like you're going to get stuck or something. <laughs> so I just, I wasn't real sure how to, how to deal with that and kind of ease back in it. And the RPMs flew through the roof and I said, man, I got to find a way to get the RPMs back down. So I locked the converter and, uh, you know, it, it was blowing the tires off, but it felt like it was starting to, to pull a little bit better. And about right about the time it felt like it was starting to go. And something banged and that was all she wrote. Oh, oh no. joint. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were three for three on the input shaft for a second. <laughs> yeah. You know what was funny is I was about to pull and Ryan Milligan walks up, opens the door, he goes, "So you got to kill the third one." <laughs> like, Thanks. <laughs> Man, so, what a year, roller coaster of a ride of a weekend! And this year they only did one pull. Yeah, so only one pull. Man, what uh, what do you think about next year? So so you're in, you're guaranteed a spot, you're number nine. It's your second year doing it. Are you guys excited to come back again next year and, and kick ass again? Or You know, I, I guess ask me in a month or two and I'll probably be more excited. It's, it's so training <laughs> of an event. I don't know if anybody this week will tell you that they're excited to go again. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, no, we, we are, I guess, because I felt like we had a good combo. And I felt like we could have could have placed really well, and uh, just you know, due to some parts breaking, it, you know, it, it held us back some. So I, I feel like if we can 
if we can iron out those bugs and, and get those things to hold out, you know, I feel like we got a decent amount of power and uh, decent enough at drag racing to, to give us a chance. And, you know, maybe if we can pull off a, a half-decent flip pull, maybe we'll, we'll have a chance to make a run at it. I love it, man. Well, hey, we love seeing you there. Uh, we're really excited about it. Congratulations again. Anybody you want to give a shout-out to, Chris? Oh, man, I'll, I'm going to forget a bunch of people. But, uh, <laughs> you know, all of our sponsors, um, you know, the uh, like the guys at s and uh, Dave at One Up Off-Road, Brian at Brian's Truck Shop, uh, you know, the guys up at Freedom Chase. He helped us a bunch this weekend, just advice and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, we got, uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some of the sponsors. All the guys at the shop, I mean, the thrashed and thrashed every time I had to go out there and break something and, you know, put Humpty back together again. To go to the next <laughs> I mean, their, their work ethic and everything, I mean, the, we're, we're really lucky. I feel like we have a great team. And then obviously, you know, Wade, you know, with Wade Minter, uh, you know, Triple Max, W and Welding guys, I mean, they were, it's, uh, you couldn't ask for a better teammate or a better friend, you know, to go do that event with. And uh, it was, you know, it, it meant a lot. And we were super excited, you know, to, to finally get his truck more consistent and watch him. I mean, he kicked some ass on the on the racetrack and uh, he did really well the rest of the event. So it was, that was, we're not too bummed because, you know, his truck did really, really well. We're really happy to finally see that come together. Hell yeah. Well, Chris, thanks a lot for being on the show. Well, hey, one of the other things that was a lot of fun, Chris, was our trip over to WC Fab a few weeks ago. Uh, we're going to cut to a segment of that trip. We've uh, we've definitely learned and learned what works and what doesn't work. Um, you know, as Chris mentioned, there's many different gauge thicknesses out there, and there's a lot of companies out there that that sell intercooler pipes um, that shouldn't go on diesel trucks, in my opinion. Uh, they might work fine on a gas or application, making that 15 or 20 pounds of boost, but you know, one thing, for example, is we'll, we'll talk about aluminum piping. Um, aluminum is nice because you don't got to worry about any any sort of rust on the inside of the pipes. And in some applications, you could just put the pipe on your vehicle raw. You don't even have to powder coat it, even though most people would like to. Um, and we use all sorts of materials. We use stainless. We use mild steel. We use aluminum. And, you know, as of lately, we're actually converting a lot of product over to aluminum, but we're not using the, the standard as most people have in the past of 16 gauge. The problem with 16 gauge aluminum and high boost applications is you go to put your T-bolt clamp on your silicone boot. And I know, I don't think anyone, I don't think I've ever seen anyone. And I know none of you probably do either put a torque wrench on your T-bolt clamps. You just crank them down. Right. <laughs> and when you're cranking down a T-bolt clamp, you're going to crank that sucker down until it stops cranking. And or, the it, problem or, it, with, or it blows out. Or it blows out. <laughs> or you strip it out. I mean, you want to keep your boost in. You don't want your boots blowing off. You know, obviously the bead rolls are there and that's important. But the issue with some of the thinner gauge aluminum, aluminum is obviously much softer. Um, you start cranking on that T-bolt clamp and it essentially will, will dent or cave in the pipe and essentially cause a boost leak, cause the boots to blow off. So what we've, what we've done recently with a lot of our product, um, uh, A for weight savings, and B for uh, rust for prevention is we, we've changed a lot of uh, intercooler piping over to aluminum, but we're not using 16 gauge, we're using 14 gauge. Okay. It's thicker and you're not gonna concave it. I mean, numerous occasions, numerous sizes, um, before going in the oven, after going in the oven, because uh, aluminum can be annealed and become soft and hard through different processes. 
you will strip out a T-bolt clamp before you ever cave in or dent one of our intercooler pipes from tightening the clamp too much. So it's, it's a lot of, it's just like we mentioned earlier, um, you know, improving upon older product and just making things better as we go along and as we learn things. Um, you know, so, so the cost savings, aluminum is going to be a cheaper uh, material for us to buy versus say stainless steel. Stainless steel is your top tier, most expensive material you're going to buy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough shit, but it's going to raise the price of all this product that is already very expensive. Sure. Um, so we're able to keep prices the same or potentially even drop prices and offer you a, a better, longer lasting material that's not going to fail under these high boost applications that these trucks see. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Power Stroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and great customer service, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920.